Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to Craft Heads Podcast, episode 164, the podcast about nothing but also everything where each episode is something different. As we discussed on the last episode, Tommy is going to be MIA, uh, possibly for the next few. The good news is we're happy to report that he, Claire, and now baby Levi are all happy and healthy and everything's going well there. So he's got his hands full. I'm holding down the fort here with the lovely Tara, as always. Welcome, Tara. Hello. And Tara is going to be helping me do the... I'm putting quotes on this final movie rundown of craft heads, not because I don't love talking about movies, but because we actually, as we also alluded to in the last episode, it's been a while since we've done one. And a lot of times I want to talk about movies sooner, but as I'm sort of saving them up for the rundowns as part of a larger list, they sort of fall out of relevance. John, John Wick four is a good example, actually Tara. So um, I'm not, I'm not saying we're never going to do this again. I just might pull back from the regularity of it and just basically pepper them into every episode and say, hey, by the way, we saw these X movies and you should really see them. I will also, no matter what, be keeping up with the spreadsheet that is uh, it's patron exclusive for uh, those of you who support us on Patreon. Thank you very much. It's in the Discord and I have a shared Google spreadsheet that has every single movie that we have mentioned on our rundown in there with all of the data documented and you can sort it, you know, view it however you want, et cetera. So it's, it's a really nice, it's, I think it's a useful tool for uh, all the other movie heads out there like us. So two other quick things. If you're noticing a little bit of a dip in the audio quality, that's because Tara and I are on the road to visit family for July 4th. But uh, Gary Vaynerchuk would be proud, a huge uh, content creator and marketer in the industry. Uh, I decided that Getting the content out is more important than getting it to be 100% perfect every time. So please forgive us, but I figured figured it would be better just to get the episode out. So we had at least two in June. So you can expect your regularly scheduled quality uh, starting in July again. And the final note before we dive into the rundown is, of course, Tara, the drinks, because this would not be Craft Heads without some drinks. So Tara, the first thing we have, this is an appropriate follow-up to the last movie cast that we did, which was like six months ago, episode 153, where we had the Unibrew, I think that's the pronunciation that we landed on, the Unibrew variety six-pack, which I still think is the best six-pack you can buy right now in stores. But as you can see in the picture, we found the Megadeth, the Unibrew Megadeth, which is a collaboration with the band, obviously. It's a 4.5% Belgian-style Saison ale brewed with spices. So I have, we'll start off with that, and then we're going to wash it down with a little uh, taste of something else as well. Sounds good. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. What do you think, Tara? Delightful. Uh, Unibrew delivers yet again with this particular collaboration. I would say it is a little bit on the fruitier side. Yeah, for a, definitely. For a Belgian Saison ale and uh, would make a great summer beer, especially yes. at the 4.5% yeah, ABV. Easy, easy drinking. Yeah, very easy drinking, quality stuff, and plus I like the artwork on the bottle. Very cool. Yes. And initially, this was the only thing that we were going to drink on the podcast. Like, I, I bought that bottle two months ago yeah. as a follow-up, and in that amount of time, uh, one of the patrons and friends of the podcast, Ryan, he brought to the lake house as a contribution, 
uh, something I had never tried before, but I had seen Metallica's whiskey called Blackened, which you also see in the picture. So we'll, we're just going to have a tiny little nip uh, here because we have a, a decent drive that we have to make in a couple of hours. But um, Blackened whiskey is a blend of straight whiskeys finished in black brandy casks. And I have to read a very interesting uh, paragraph on this for any of you who have not heard of this before, where they use this black noise, quote unquote, that's trademarked as part of the, I think the bourbon is sourced. So it's not like they make their own, or I'm sorry, whiskey. Uh, It's not like they make their own whiskey per se. It's about the the aging in these uh, brandy casks. So let me just read this quick paragraph to you because it's, it's as interesting as it is ridiculous, but I'd like to think that there might be something to it. So now on their website, this black noise, this is how they describe it. We set out to craft a whiskey that brings the uniqueness of the collaborators together in a bottle, a whiskey born of innovation and unlike any other in the world. From the time Dave was a cadet at West Point, he was fascinated with the effects of sound, the way an organ can play a note that shakes the entire building. As he honed his craft over the years, the thought of what sound could do to whiskey at a molecular level stayed with him. As it so happened, Metallica and Meyer Sound innovated a subwoofer employing the same range, harnessing the vibrations that make a Metallica concert the resonant, visceral experience their fans know and love. Tara and I can attest to that personally. Yes. The convergence of these ambitions have resulted in a sonic enhancement method that utilizes a variation of the band's song-determined frequencies to disrupt the whiskey inside the barrel, causing increased wood interaction that kicks up the wood flavor characteristics in the whiskey. We call this proprietary sonic enhancement process black noise. So that's the paragraph I wanted to read. Again, sounds a little wild, but also plausible, I guess. And um, I just think it was really cool. I definitely appreciate Ryan bringing that. And it was also a good thing to pair with Megadeth because a lot of people don't know this. I didn't whenever I, <laughs> until I learned it. That's a dumb statement. But Dave Mustaine was uh, the original lead guitarist in Metallica back in, when the band was formed in, I think, 81. And then he formed uh, Megadeth a couple years afterwards. So they're obviously related. And um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of, there's a lot of fan overlap there. So we'll have this tiny little nip of blackened tea. Even though we had it at the lake house, we're going to do a little refresher yeah. here. Cheers. Cheers. And I think my big takeaway from this particular whiskey, and it probably comes from the brandy barrel aging. It's actually pretty sweet for a, a whiskey blend. It's not too harsh. It's a nice drink, and I think especially at its at its price point. I'm big on price points because you can pay yes. you can pay unlimited money for the best booze in the world, obviously. And if you pay very very little money, something's going to taste like shit. To me, the the real value is when you find a mix of both things, you know, quality. I mean, it's literally the definition of value. So it's a fair price point there. You can usually find it in the thirties, somewhere like mid thirties, something like that, depending on where you are. So keep your eyes peeled for it. Uh, I would recommend both of these beverages. And and by the way, they, they pair nicely together. Yes, for sure. Definitely. So thank you uh, everybody for bearing with me on the intros and banter uh, before we dive into the movies here. Tara, we'll get started Uh, for newcomers. We have the name year, genre, the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. We lead with critics and then audience when you hear me read the two numbers. Runtime, our rating, which there are four ratings, basically really good, really bad, bad, and good. 
and uh, you know any other particular notes I might throw in there. But um, you know we've got a couple dozen here, so uh, we also have shows. We're incorporating those in as well. I think we've done that on a couple episodes before, but this particular one I did organize most recent release to oldest and we span from 2023 all the way back to 1978 on this one so here we go Tara diving in with the most recent uh, John Wick 4 2023 action film actually I don't think we ever said genres we don't we, do it's genre, not a dedicated no thing. we don't do genres we that's that's that's, that's included yeah, yeah yeah if you want to unlock the genre content and i have to look it up yourself you have unlock to subscribe because it, yeah. it's it's hidden arcane <laughs> knowledge yeah that you can't find by googling no just for the sake of reading them off i'll skip that um 94 critics 94 audience 249 runtime tara what is your rating on john wick for watch mine is also watch by the way i plug in my ratings into the spreadsheet and then on the air we we do our comparison live. So sometimes yes. Tara will throw me a curveball, and I really yeah. enjoy that. I thought you were maybe going to see must. I thought maybe you were going to say must see, and I'm glad you said watch. And here's my reasoning: it was not the strongest of the John Wick films. However, I it was still great. Mm-hmm. Was a little long. I would say the John Wick franchise is a must watch. Yes, that's the thing. So yes. like, watch all four movies. Do not watch four without seeing the others, though. Yeah, you know I, what I highly mean? recommend. Yep. And um, and of course, R.I.P. to Lance Reddick. Thief! I was just going to say R.I.P. Lance. Yep. He, oh. he, he had a, a role in that movie as the... Um, so oh, sad. hell. The, like the concierge. Uh, Caron, Caron, of course. Yeah. So, um, great movie, though, and the entire franchise is just absolutely terrific. And by the way, everybody remember, when I read the ratings that is at the time that i checked it and this is a procedural thing so it's possible that some of these have moved by a few points each yeah extraction 2 2023 79 critics 87 audience 203 runtime tara what is your rating watch mine is also watch for the exact same reason of john wick i would say it's a must watch or must see if you have seen extraction one and frankly, the franchise might be, but it's not like as a standalone movie. Don't watch two unless you've seen one. And I'm also excited too because the way that the movie ends it leaves it ambiguous. That I don't see why they wouldn't, mm-hmm. because I think there's so much traction gaining in that extraction universe. They, I'm really excited to see what they bring to the table if they make a three. They will, and then I'm really excited for that because this this felt like one of the freshest um, action. Um, it's an action thriller. It is, it, it's kind of like a, in a weird way, like an homage to the, the crazy bombastic over the top action films, like, like Michael Bay type stuff, mm-hmm. but it's cooler, if that makes any sense. And I, I use this term a lot. People probably think I'm insane. There are some refreshingly, creatively violent deaths. Yes. I mean, even one very, very early on this one, Tara, I won't uh, say it on the air. Cause oh, I don't want it to be a yeah. spoiler. Like, I, I knew I was in for a fun ride when yeah. that movie started. So uh, very unique. I think it's going to be a must-see text. franchise as long as they keep the quality up. It's it's really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris Hemsworth is yes. that his name? Yeah, he's a sexy he, dude. Yeah, he nailed it. My God, is he a specimen of a human being? Um, next film. Now there are you're going to notice a theme here. Nope, all capitals. 2022, 83 critics, 69 audience, 215 runtime. You know which one I'm talking about, right, Tara? 
And what is your rating? Must watch. I could not agree more. So Must watch. And, and I'm biased um, because the, the nature of that film is such that it really hits me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love that. I, I, love, I love how that film was done. I loved... I think the length was perfect. I think I think there was so many good elements in the movie, and then when they reveal things and like you know the the plot, like is opening up and you kind of get these revelations as a viewer. It's just really really unique. I said fresh. the listeners here are going to notice a pattern. I do want to point out this is a Jordan Peele film. Uh, of course, you might know that name from uh, Key and Peele, the comedy duo, and Jordan Peele has jumped to the top of my list of favorite directors like maybe top three definitely top five this guy is brilliant i love everything that he does definitely a must see it's it's a (laughs) i said i wouldn't do these but this is like a sci-fi horror mystery it's just so much balling into one beautiful and i you know i don't want to say too much uh, because it you would spoil a lot but it's a terrific movie yeah uh next movie emily the criminal 2022 94 critics, 79 audience, 137. Do you remember that movie, Tara? I'm diving back on some of these. If not, I'll, I'll take yeah. over. Uh, you take over. I'm trying to remember. This was the one, basically a, uh, a very average woman falls into a life of crime because it's profitable. And like, it's just something that she started off with very easily to make quick cash, like on a credit card scam. And then she oh. keeps moving up in the ranks. Yep. So you remember, this was a watch for me. This was a good movie. Yeah. You know what else? You know why else it gets bonus points? 137 runtime. 137 runtime. I'm not going to vote. I'm I'm rescinding my vote. I'm okay. not actually going to give it too a rating. Too far back. It's too far back and <laughs> I don't remember some of the plot. You liked it. I did like it. Yeah. It it's a good movie. I think this one's a no-brainer uh if you're into that kind of a thing and it again, it's short. So, check it out. Father Stew 2022. This is with uh, Mark Wahlberg. 41 critics, 95 audience, crazy split there, 204 runtime. Um, as a practicing Catholic, I said watch. I liked that movie. That I was, did not watch. No, I was yeah, not. You were I was right. not invested in that this, one. This from is the a start. solo. That's right. Yeah, that's a solo. This one is for a solo you. reco. I think I watched it with my buddy Jake. Um, so, if you're if you're into those, like, it, it, this is actually a biography drama. So it, it does. It's based on a true story. Uh, a guy who wound up, you know, be, he, I think he was like a retiring boxer or fighter or something like that and kind of had no prospects and was working a dead-end job and wound up finding the faith and, and became a priest. And it's, it's a really heartwarming story. If that sounds cheesy to you, then skip it because it's two hours long. Uh, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. 2022, 92 critics, 92 audience, runtime 220, I say must-see. I was going to go minimum of watch. Yeah. Because really, it, it's on the cusp of me. Do, you know, honestly, it made me want to see the first one. I right, never saw the first right. movie. I was hoping I think, to see that before this, and we didn't. Yeah. So. Yep. Watched it. Um, I liked the comedic aspects of that movie as well. Like, I thought there were some funny scenes or totally. just some, it's, some it's, interesting Some of the humor. messages are kind of on the nose, like the allegories to real life and everything. But it, it's a very entertaining movie. Terrific ensemble cast. Um, like... God, who's the wrestler who plays... Bautista. Thank you, Dave Bautista. I love him as an actor, by the he's way. He's terrific. I love he's him. He's one of my Ed- favorites. Edward Norton, and he's, I mean, he's extremely talented. Um, Daniel Craig with his terrific course, yes. southern accent. Like, that, I love that. Oh, um, yeah. A bunch of other people. I'm not trying to leave anybody out, but it's it's a great movie. Uh, 
Another great movie. Oh, I, I, okay. There's a bunch of must-sees on this. I got to tell everybody. But I vet the stuff I watch, so I can't help it. The Menu, Two, uh, 2022, 88 critics, 76 audience, 147 runtime. Tara? Must watch. Must watch. Must see. Such a great movie. Ralph, wait, Rafe, fine, I think. Uh, he absolutely crushes this role. Yeah. Also, the guy from... X-Men, like the newer X-Men movies, he plays Beast. Yep. He's in I that movie. A couple other people. Great film. Yeah. Just great. R- Hilarious. It's a, it's a mystery thriller. Dark. Really, it like satirizes the the super pretentious restaurant world and like how hyper Culinary, cutthroat yeah. and competitive it is and how rich people have almost exclusive access to a lot of that world. And, and they don't care. Yeah, and of. they don't know shit yeah, about it. Yeah. Like they're just, it, it's it's just like a big status thing. And it's a, massive critique of that entire environment. Man, is that a good movie. Absolutely loved it. And I feel terrible because I can't even remember the the lead woman in it. But it's... Wait. Wait, is it... uh, I think it's Anya Taylor-Joy. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Look it up, producer Tara, even though I produce these. I'm I'm certain it's her. Um, The next one, Bullet Train, 2022. 54 critics, 76 audience, 206 runtime. Before I give my rating, Tara, who is in the menu? Sorry, there's like horrible Wi-Fi. I'm tr- I'm trying to get it. The service is bad down here. Oh, it is Anya Taylor Joy. God, nailed it. Damn. Okay, yeah, she's great. She has my my first like yeah, experience with her, her in a film. I think was The Witch, which yeah. we just watched again last oh, week. Yeah. The Witch is perfect. Watch it. Um, anyways, the rating on Bullet Train. What's your rating? Do you remember Watch. that one? It's a must-see for me. I loved Bullet Train. Okay, so maybe... maybe okay. Bullet I'll, Train... I'll must-watch. Bullet it was Train so fun. is the energy and action and violence of John Wick mixed with the writing and crazy madcap plot and, like, directing of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. That, it's... I, I have my notes say QT meets John Wick, so that's what I mean by that. Yeah. Just a terrific movie. I thought it was a, a riot. Brad Pitt is really funny in it. Yes. Check that movie out. I really enjoyed that. Pale Blue Eye, 2022, 63 critics, 69 audience, 210. Tara? Runtime. Um... I'm like... I'm like right neutral. I'm maybe I'm leaning watch, but I'm still like close let's, to let's neutral. Let's roll with that. Watch. My, mine yeah. is also like a leaning watch. This was a, a pretty cool story about um, like Ed, Edgar Allan Poe at West Point, and it's like there's sort of a mystery going on around with this uh, like a killer who, yeah, who's taking deaths. people out, and like yeah. so yeah, it, there's like elements of supernatural and culty stuff. I think it's worth seeing. I think the reason that you and I were both kind of hesitant is because it's long. It's long. Two ten for one of this is a little long. It's long, and and I thought there was a longer buildup. Yeah. To to the cool part. Christian Bale is it, by the way. Yeah. I will say this: the guy who plays Edgar Allan Poe was cast perfectly and does a superb job. Yes. So I was a really big fan of that. Next one: The Gray Man, twenty twenty two, forty six critics, ninety audience, two oh nine runtime. Tara. I'm going to go with Watch. I was a must-see on this. I yeah. think this was a terrific action film. I, I actually, I think I enjoyed it more than Extraction. Really? It's, it's in the same vein 
and the same level of action and violence, except it's funnier. So having okay, yeah. uh, Ryan Gosling and, oh, my God, the other Chris. Is it Chris Evans yeah. who plays Captain America? He was great. Him as a, like a psycho, sadistic bad guy. Yeah. Terrific. Just, I yeah. really, really enjoyed The Great Man. I, I, I warned you guys, there's a bunch of must-sees from my perspective in here. So. I, got, I got vibes from how um, Chris Evans plays the bad guy as I did with Channing Tatum playing the bad guy in Hateful Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like because yeah. you've got the agree. suave, like like really good looking guy, and totally. then like he's known for good roles or being the good guy in most roles, and then it's like boom, you're a that, villain. And that they was do a really good job. With that was it. a good analogy. The difference in the Gray Man is that th- his character is like psychotic, yeah, which oh, makes yeah. it totally. real and super sadistic. He's not just like a, a ruthless bandit. Yeah. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Terrifier two. Oh. Twenty twenty two. This is a slasher horror. I have to point that out. It's not Gore. a regular. Yes. Gory, um, slashy. 85 critics, 81 audience, 218 runtime. Tara? Watch. Tara said watch. I will say for serious horror fans must. only, must see, yeah. watch both movies. We have Terrifier in here. I'll there were a couple it. scenes I couldn't watch. This I had to put my hand up, and and I kind of got the gist of what was occurring because I just some of the stuff was just so gory. Let me let me just put it this way: I couldn't watch it. This was the most fucked movie I have ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 oh, hundred. It's it, maybe Serbian film. No, okay, that, that's a different. That's like stupid. That, that's a different yeah. genre. This is supposed to be a slasher film. And like there's supposed to be the you know this crazy psycho dude doing all this crazy psycho stuff. That was one of the most disturbing horror gory yeah. movies I've ever and, seen. And in it my was life. so great because the whole reason I watched it was because I went to this dumb marketing conference in February, and my favorite session that I sat in on was a a guy from another marketing agency, and he was giving a presentation on reports and how terrible and stupid most people's reports are and how to improve them and how to bring value to your clients and everything his presentation every slide was basically like one bullet so it's very quick takeaway you're not reading a bunch of text he he was a very gifted presenter and the slide had a screenshot like a a shot from a horror movie and it was over 100 slides so he's ripping through all these crazy horror movies and some of them were he was making these really um I'm going to say distasteful puns about like what was happening. He said like, don't get bent out of shape. And it was a final destination person, like a woman like bent in half. Oh my God. And he was like, you're going to find yourself shorthanded. And it was somebody holding up stubs with cut off hands. I was like, this dude is awesome. I just loved that guy. I was so happy for him to bring some like actual interesting way to Flair. get through those god-awful conferences. Shout out to that guy. I think his name is Greg. Um, Triangle of Sadness. Uh, this is Tommy's Corner. We did not see this. We did not see this. Yeah. 2022, um, 71 critics, 67 audience, 229 runtime. Tommy's rating was a watch. Basically, I think there are a bunch of people like stuck on a cruise ship. They get marooned on an island. Oh my God! Didn't he show us that one scene of the yeah, vomit? Yeah, the woman in the, in oh the bathroom. Oh my God! And, and basically, all everybody's like status in society is mixed up and turned on its head because when you're marooned on an island, nobody gives a shit about who yeah. 
everybody is. So um, we're he, all he, kind of marooned on an island. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he he said it's a watch, so okay. I can't say one way or the other. Avatar two, which by the way is now available as of the time of this recording. I forgot to say that June 29th. It is available on HBO. I will be watching that soon. So this is Tommy's rating. Yeah, 2022. Uh, the rating when I checked this was 76 critics, 92 audience, 312 runtime. Uh, he said it's a must see, and we talked about it a little bit more detail in a rec- within the past five episodes. I'll say Tommy talked about some things about it, including a couple grievances, but he said it's a must see. So there you go, Avatar two. Next one. This is solo for me. Tara didn't see it. It's called Chaos Walking, 2021. Uh, critics 21 audience 71 another huge split oh, that's there a big discrepancy i know 149 i would call this a watch basically uh there is this planet uh that when like, that has been colonized by humanity and all of the men's thoughts are basically broadcast into the atmosphere and women can hear what men are thinking at all times they basically like unless that. you learn how to control it it's extremely yeah. difficult and uh, it's one of those movies where things aren't as they seem and when they start off, like there's a bunch of twists and everything. But I liked the premise. I thought it was kind of neat. The reason I said watch was because at least it was under two hours. And um, Tom Holland is the lead guy. And then like the bad guy is uh, Mads Mikkelsen. And I have oh, a – Yeah, I have a big soft spot for him. And this was – I watched this <laughs> a lousy hour and 49 minutes. It took me three plane rides to finish, but I did get through it. I shared with Tara on our flight up to PA that I don't like watching anything violent or action-packed if there's turbulence. The two things freak me out when going hand-in-hand. So, like, I would have to pause. And and then on another Southwest flight, because we took a, a, a little break where we weren't traveling for a minute, it disappeared from Southwest Library. And I was oh, like, no. damn it, how am I going to finish this? Because... <laughs> You're hilarious. Nothing. I listen to like heavy metal sometimes I know, I know. during turbulence, and like that's the kind of thing. The, like, hey, listener, we love you so, so much. Uh, Tara almost exclusively listens to music on airplanes, and I made her finish extraction with me on the plane I yesterday did. so we could record this. I in did. Time. So thank you, Tara. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Next one, Octopus Teacher, 2020. This is a documentary. Uh, 93 critics, 91 audience, 125 runtime. Tara, rating? Watch. I gave it a skip. I think it's cool. I think the octopus is incredibly fascinating. The documentary itself is weird. Yeah, it is okay. So it, that guy was a little too attracted the re- to the octopus. The reason <laughs> it was—it seriously like made me borderline uncomfortable at times. The, yeah. So so I'm. I think my rating is solely for the fascinating life cycle of the octopus itself. Yes, I agree. Not the guy was a little weird and like the I, again, I, I don't know, everyone's got their own personalities and stuff, but uh I really liked it, it made me sad. I hate in, it parts. I was like I oh, have to throw octopus. some skips in here. So Yeah, that's true. But okay. Tara, Tara's right. It, it's 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 very interesting. If you like well a little nature documentary and you want to learn more about octopuses, I would definitely And it's short. It's say watch and it's short. Next movie. Another Jordan Peele f- film, Us, just U.S. Actually, there is something to that. Look into it after you yeah. watch the movie. 2019, 93 critics, 60 audience, 156 runtime, random appearance from Tim Heidecker in it. Hilarious. What's your rating, Tara? I'd say watch. I'm, I'm a, not going to give it a must. I'm a must-see. 
I told you I'm an acolyte. The reason this, I think this guy is amazing. The reason I'm only I'm giving this one a watch, a strong watch, I'll say, is um, I think there were a couple things plot related, um, it, like in the universe of this movie, um, that I questioned, and I was like, how how is this working? Um, so like, and you don't really get. There's no good answer to some of the questions that like I had in the world building, but I guess like that's just. I just have to accept it. But it was it was a great movie, very fresh, very interesting yeah. uh, concept. I also, uh, I, I forgot to mention on Nope that Daniel Kaluuya is in it. He's the same guy that was in Get Out and so obviously like a big leading man for Jordan P- uh, Peele's films. It's a huge fan of that actor. Yeah. Extremely talented yes. guy. Next one, The Wretched, 2019, 74 critics, 46 audience, 135 runtime. Do you remember this? We watched it with Kurtz and Kelly. Um, yeah. Wasn't it the, um... It's a supernatural horror. Did yeah, I say there, that? there was that thing living under the... Something along those lines. Yeah, okay. Hey, I gave it a watch. I gave it a... I'll give it a watch, too. And especially 135. How can you argue At with that? At that runtime, and, like, a, if you need a quick horror fix, one that I... You know, I, I sort of often expect to get burned on horror, but I don't mind, because I like... We have this conversation a lot with our friend Adam. It's probably the most experimental and creative genre in all of film. And there's a lot of times a lot of unknown yeah. actors and everything. It's I not just, just like nepotism, say. bullshit Hollywood. I thought it was I thought it was good. Yeah. I, would, I would give it a watch. Yep. So if you like horror movies and you need a quick fix, that's, that's a good go-to. Speaking of horror, Hereditary, 2018, 90 critics, 69 audience, 207 runtime. Tara? Watch. I gave it a must-see. This was one of the best horror films I've seen. I looked it up online afterward. Apparently, I am not in the minority there. This mm-hmm. is, like, heralded as one of the better yeah, horror very movies. Freaky. Especially that's come out in the modern era. This is an Ari Aster film. So, he's the same guy that did Midsommar. And he has another movie coming out. I think this year called Bo is Afraid. And... Um, I'm really looking forward to that one because yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is in it. And I love Joaquin Ooh. Phoenix. He's a, he's a great actor. So I love that movie. Arctic, 2018, 90 audience, 78, I'm sorry, 90 critics, 78 audience, 137 runtime. Tara? Skip. Unfair treatment from me because I have to pepper in skips, but I would give it a skip. There's a guy yeah. stranded in Sierra Antarctica the or the Arctic? It, one of the two. The name of the movie, Arctic. Okay, well, I could have sworn I remember reading about it and like they were mistaken, but you're probably right. Um, it's a cool movie. Mads Mikkelsen does a really good job. He's basically alone. He's literally one of the only people in the entire movie, so he does a very good job. It just wasn't overly memorable to me. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. But he did a good job. So basically, saying the movie was kind of whatever, but props to Mads Mikkelsen because he's a great actor. The final of the. Jordan Peele trilogy, holy trinity for me, Get Out. I have seen this before. Tara had not, so we rewatched it once we had seen Nope and Us. And I was like, Tara, you got to see Get Out. 2017, this one's 98 critics, 86 audience, 144. This is a must-see for me. I think everybody saw that coming. I'd say watch, yeah. Yeah, okay, so it, watch it <laughs> at, yeah. at a minimum. That is uh, – th- I think that was the one that like kind of was – blew up Jordan Peele's yeah, career as a director. It. Yeah, so they're they're all worth checking out, guys. Uh, Terrifier. So this is the 
the first predecessor. Yeah, I did the sequel first. 2016, 55 critics, 52 audience, 125 runtime. I'm going to save the time. It's a must-see if you are a horror movie. Yes, I say watch to the Terrifiers if you dabble in horror. Disclaimer. Terrifier 2 is much more disgusting. But if you really love horror and you don't care about gore, must-see. I should have said this on Terrifier 2. If you can't deal with gore... Or, and, and like horrors on your bag, especially slashers. These are avoided all costs, and I'm yeah, not kidding. Yeah, it, these will scar you, yeah, guys. They're it's messed not, up. There's there's a lot of not good. They're great. Things. They're they're horrifying. Yeah. Um, so proceed with caution. Yes. Lawless. We're getting toward the end, and then we only have a couple shows, which we're not going to spend much time on. Lawless, 2012, 67 critics, 74 audience, 155 runtime. This is. I never know how to say it. Shia, Shia LaBeouf yeah. and Tom Hardy. Yeah. Tara? I say watch. This is a split decision for us. Mm-hmm. Tara's a watch. I'm a skip, but like I don't feel strongly about that. It's a matter of me peppering in skips. Yeah. Um, I think kind of like Pale, Pale Blue Eye, it's a little long. Yeah. It's basically like this set of brothers based on a true story, right? Yeah. Uh, doing in the Prohibition era, you know, ruin their hooch. So um, it was pretty cool. I just, I don't know what I was expecting out of it, but I didn't get what I wanted for some reason. Mm-hmm. But it was not a, it's not a bad movie, just out of all of the other ones we're talking about on this rundown. And I think sometimes it's tough because I think they're I, being compared to so many maybe ones Maybe you wanted a little bit more it. action. I don't know. There may be a little bit too much storytelling. Well, that makes me it. sound stupid, and people no, no, know me no. better. No, but like you, you think of like, you, you read the review yeah. or the... the a little preamble and it says you know oh yeah prohibition era yeah it was and all that it was fine. might expect a little bit more shootouts or something i didn't want to get too detailed but you know how it, like i would call it a soft skip it's yes. not a hard skip uh margin call 2011 87 oh. critics 74 audience tara's groaning 149 runtime i gave it a watch yeah it's not a must-see in the sense that it's like riveting oh my god you have to see this film but it's it is loosely based on. I thought the, it was not loose. I thought it was yeah, more than not, loosely based, not loosely on, based real life on the events. 2008 financial crisis and Lehman Brothers, and it's it's really cool. It really makes you absolutely disgusted to see what transpired because it was it was like oh, Tara yeah. said, it's it's pretty much based on that that whole situation, and uh, based you know you know just irresponsibility at the highest levels. And not that that's any surprise. And say what you want about him as a person, Kevin Spacey, so it's a good movie. I mean, he's a great actor. Uh, Maybe a shit human. (laughs) Let Me In, 2010, 88 critics, 76 audience, 155 runtime. Tara, I need to remind you of what this was. Yeah. This was in, we watched it in Naples. There was a girl who had an affliction of sorts. I'm going to call it a supernatural horror movie. Uh, I, I, it just popped up on my phone. And the the guy from, God, what is it called? The Power of the Dog. He has an interesting name. Colby something. Look that up for me, please. But um, he, the guy from The Power of the Dog, which only, it's a more recent movie than this one. Uh, Cody Smith. McPhee. Yeah, that's a weird name, but it wasn't cool. Yeah, and it's K Cody. Yeah, very strange name. Uh, decent movie. I gave it a skip, especially because skip, of the length. Yeah. But I will say this. I remember like we only watched half of it and then went to bed or whatever. I wound up seeing it through, and I was glad I finished it. Because yes. the last 
third was more redeeming than the first two thirds. Yeah. Something like that. It, it it wound up being kind of fun, but for the length, I would give it a a soft skip. Yes. It's not a bad movie. Uh, Avatar. <laughs> I know it's hilarious saying this, but good timing for Avatar too because I only just saw Avatar. A f- I don't know, three, three, four months ago. It came out in 2009. 82 critics, 82 audience, 235 runtime. I'm going to say it's a must-see only due to it being an iconic piece of American cinema. I mean, yes. it, like, you have I mean, to you see think, it. You look at it and you watch it today, and it looks like it could have been made today. I agree 100%. That's one of the most amazing things about it. I guess that's what Hollywood money can do for you. Um, on its face alone, I, I think it's a watch. But mm-hmm. basically giving it credit, the fact that it came out in 2009, I can't imagine if I had seen it in IMAX. You know. oh my God, but again, yeah. it's a piece of American cinema history, so you should check that movie out. It took me long enough. It was so well done. It, it took me giving, 14 years. It was giving people depression. Right. Uh, three more movies, three series. Here we go. Okay. Trees Lounge, 1996. 81 critics, 79 audience, 134 runtime. Tara's smiling. <laughs> Would you give it? I'm like, watch, I don't know. I it's, happily give it a watch. Yeah, it's just like if you just want to like... With a disclaimer. Yeah. Nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens. This it's literally is, a movie about nothing. It, yeah, it's like it's like Seinfeld in movie form. Um, but one of the things that's really cool, it's a must-see for a certain sect of film goers, Sopranos fans. It is Sopranos actors galore. Yeah. I'm not going to try and name them all. All I can say is Steve Buscemi. Yeah, well, yeah, he's the lead man. There but there are tons of Sopranos actors in this show, and it was really—I know it influenced David Chase in the making of The Sopranos. So, I think it's fun. It's a watch, but nothing happens. Here we go, Tara. From Beyond, 1986. Oh God. 80 critics, 70 audience, 125 runtime. You know I love that, Tara. Rating. I'm trying to predict what you're going to say because I want to match. <sighs> my clue was the runtime for my rating. Watch. I give it a watch for the reasons I have in my notes. Only because it's totally insane and appropriately short. Uh, it has Ken, Ken Forey. That's funny last name. I never know how to pronounce it. Ken Forey. But uh, he, he was the dude, he, he's kind of a horror movie legend because he was in uh, the original Dawn of the Dead and I'm sure lots of other cool films. But it is, for what it is, and it's very short, it's really out there with like the HP yeah. Lovecraftian horror. Yeah, I was going to say, like if you're into the thing cos- and like that old... Cosmic horror. Yeah, old yes. cosmic horror and practical effects and things like that. Um, but it is, it is batshit. Oh, it's batshit wild. It's Some of the crazy. stuff that we saw, like Tara and I were laughing out loud. And yeah. l- we would look at each other and be like, did, did did that really just happen? Like, is that what I just saw? So I'm, I'm really talking it up from my comments. I am saying the film is a watch, especially at that short amount of time. Yeah. I do. I'm going to end with a must see. I'm very excited oh. to tell people to see this movie. This is not the original. The original was a long time ago, 40s or 50s, I think. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. 19 Oh, I have snatches. Yuck. Let me fix that. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978. This one is the one with Donald Sutherland. 92 critics, 82 audience, runtime 155. 
watch this movie. Yep. If you like sci-fi at all, oh, this movie is so freaking good. And please do not Google anything about it because there's like an iconic image. As a matter of fact, from that guy's presentation I told you about earlier, I saw a picture from it and I think it I kind of ruined it. Yeah, I mean, it didn't ruin it because the movie is so terrific. But, uh, man, I, 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 that, that was some fantastic you know, 70s sci-fi horror. I was just yeah. a really, really big fan of that. And there's there's one part, if anybody's really interested and wants to talk to me further about this, there is one part that I swear to you, the score for about 30 seconds inspired a little part of the soundtrack of the original Resident Evil 4 on GameCube. I'm telling you yes. right now, that's where they got it from. I played a side-by-side comparison for Tara and she was very surprised. But damn, super cool movie. Check that out. Now for our three quick shows. Ready? Uh, Rick and Morty season six. 2022, 91 critics, 87 audience, 10 episodes, and 20 minutes each. Tara? I'd say if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, watch. If you're not a fan, obviously skip. I think it's a redeeming season, more so than some of the other seasons. Like, I think Rick and Morty went through like a period of... Like four and five. Yeah, very very weak very weak seasons in terms of like you know the writing style and quality in those episodes and like I think season six picks up a little bit but not to the not to the pinnacle and peak of what seasons one through three were I would agree that six was a little better than four and five I still gave it a skip Rick and Morty seasons one through three are like perfect they are absolutely hilarious there's a couple stinker episodes but um overall just really clever and some really poignant things that they made good points on. But I noticed it dropped severely in quality starting in season four. And I think it's because that one guy, there's Justin Roiland and shit. I feel bad that I can't remember the other guy's name on the fly here. I think Justin Roiland's the one who's been in, he's had some, he's he's had his name in the headlines for not good reasons. And, uh, I think this is my personal opinion. I think fame went to his head. Uh, I don't think it had a positive effect on him, and he thought he was too cool for school and kind of superior to everybody, and it shows in the show's writing, in my opinion. They lean way more heavily on, like, the hostile atheism, and it's like, okay, dude, we get it. You don't believe in God, and you think people who do are fucking stupid. And it's just like, chill out. Well, the one thing, too, that this actually did occur... um, so they had been following a specific like writing style each episode where you know you've got like the the hero's tale or they strayed or, from they, that they, yeah like there, there's a formula of how you go about doing and creating these events and things and in season 4 you stray from the formula and i think Justin Roiland is the one who sh- who doesn't follow that formula and you can tell because the episodes just you're kind of like well, what the f- am I watching like this yeah so the other like guys the, dragon the real episode? brains take oh, that Justin God. yeah the, the dragon episode I, yeah. I wish I could like pull it out of my memory it's it's the cringiest stupidest lamest laziest comedy oh, ever it, it's, it's so awful. dumb it's so dumb and, and the like, one right after that is that's really bad is the Morty's come one do you remember that it's just oh, the little sperm it's, it's floating around childish it's not juvenile good. terrible anyways yeah. okay so there you go well, um, here, here's a random chunk. South Park 
seasons 19 through 26. So randomly, Tara and I decided to put on a couple episodes in season 26, which is the most recent. They wrapped that up in March of this year. And I was like, man, I forgot how much I love this show. So we, you know, we watched the ones we hadn't seen and we finished all of 26, which is kind of short. Then we watched 25 and then uh, we, for some reason, we started watching in reverse order and we have worked our way from 26 all the way through 19. We are currently in the middle of season 18, which is 2014. But uh, what an insane way of watching a show. I know. Why did we do well, that? Well, it's South Park. You know, you That's don't have to true. worry about that. That's but true. like years, this, this window that I'm talking about covers years 2015 through 2023. I don't have like ratings and run times because it's South Park. Everybody knows what it is. I, I didn't put must see, but like this show is a watch. And I would almost jokingly say that I think our society is in need of required South Park viewing because it does such a good idea of eviscerating. I'm not, I'm not going to say any particular side or, or particular school of thought. It eviscerates ideology. Yeah. Period. And just how stupid it is. And it's it's very... They play the devil's advocate for everything. Yeah, and, and, it, it, and nothing yeah. is sacred and nothing is safe. Nobody is safe. And they these guys are the kings of comedy, man. I absolutely adore and respect Trey Parker and Matt Stone for what they do with that show. Because, again, I think, it's, I think it's important, the societal commentary that they offer. But unfortunately, most of the people who should be watching it and kind of rethinking their stances on things would be appalled by this show and, you know... Yeah. Try and cancel it. So, you guys, hmm, I hope they keep doing what they're doing because I just, I just love those two. Yeah, what a, what a great show. The, the season that starts off, I can't remember exactly which one it is. With, I think it's twenty, twenty or twenty one with member berries, which oh basically is like their serialized, fictionalized version of the Trump, uh, like leading up to Trump's presidency in the election. Oh my God, is that shit funny? So it's just so good. Last one, I'm ending with an extremely strong recommendation. Tara and I finished Mr. Robot. This show was on the air from 2015 to 2019. There are, what, four seasons? There are four seasons, 47 episodes. They're about an hour, whatever, 50 minutes. I can't keep track. I forget. I forgot to put that in here, actually. For the entire show, not season by season, uh, 94 critics, 93 audience Mr. Robot is almost and possibly a top three show for me behind Sopranos and Wire, obviously. It is definitely a top five show. I also love uh, Remy Malik. He's just kind of grown on me over the years and like random roles that I've seen him in. I think he's very talented and I, he gets bonus points for me because he's, he's not like a classically handsome uh, leading man, but he's very interesting looking. And yeah. I, I like that's always kind of drawn me to him, and I, I think he does a great job in this show. And uh, you know, some people like shit on Christian Slater. He's he's also a, a huge presence in this show. I think he does a great job. Mm-hmm. I just think overall that that show, despite not unlike South Park, despite being a few years old at this part, there's a lot of stuff that I see that's a little it hits a little too close for home for me in terms of you know what I'm seeing in the real world. And they were painting this horrible dystopian situation in this show. And I'm like, this isn't that far-fetched. It's kind of accurate, actually. Yeah. So 
if you like that kind of thing, it, it, it's uh, it's a drama thriller. They list it as a techno techno. Thriller. Thriller. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good word. It's very it's very dark and gritty. Very, very gritty dark. is an overused word for stuff like this, but it is. It's very gritty. So that's it. We wrapped everything up in under an hour. Well, under an hour. That's good, Tara. Thank you for helping me hold down the force. Once again, we may or may not do these dedicated ones in the future, but I will keep the spreadsheet updated. It's in the the movie channel on the Discord, and I'll just be peppering them out throughout new episodes and whatnot as as they come along. So until next time, everybody, cheers. Cheers.